guys, welcome to this week's episode of Mickey Mike's Up. I could not be more excited for what I have today. Obviously, we're going to talk about some soccer stuff and, you know, all the NWL games and all that jazz. But I also have a super cool guest today. I'm so excited to have Hensley on my show today. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure everybody knows, follow me on Twitter because I, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> but she, best braids best braids oh, ever um, <laughs> like style icon absolutely amazing outfits walking into games um but she's also the current one of the current goalkeepers for gotham fc and i'm just very excited that you're here um yeah. you might be my favorite guest so far so hopefully if all my other guests are listening hopefully they're not offended by that but this is cool, so <laughs> thanks for having me on yeah i'm super excited excited to just like get to chat to with you about everything and kind of dive deeper into who i am and and all that yeah well again i really appreciate you being on here so i always like kind of start off with like why soccer like how did you start playing soccer especially for you i feel like goalkeeping is not something that you start doing like you know that's not what a lot of kids want to be when they're like young and starting so how nobody did you picks the goalkeeper position yeah you kind of get like thrown into that so how did you kind of fall into that yeah well kind of like i said nobody picks the goalkeeper position it kind of just picks you um I've always been a goalkeeper, never have been a field player. Um, my first soccer game ever, I was a goalkeeper. So yeah, that story is kind of different. Um, my mom signed me up for soccer when I was like seven and I did the whole YMCA stuff when I was little, um, super young, just to get me moving around. But I was a gymnast for a long time. Um, then I got a little bit too tall for that. So <laughs> it, was, it was time to switch it up. My mom signed me up for soccer. Um, she signed me up a little bit late for the season. So I wasn't really supposed to play in any games. I was just there to watch. Um, but the goalkeeper at the time had braces um, at that age and she got hit in the face with a ball. Oh God. Real bad. You can already imagine. <laughs> yeah. So no braces rough, like... Yeah. And they pulled the tallest, lankiest kid off the bench and told me to go in there. And I've been a goalkeeper ever since. So that's so awesome. Yeah. That's, that was just, it picked me. It really picked me. Yeah, I know, like, I've heard a lot of stories about people who are, like, you know, forwards, and then they were like, oh, we need someone, and they're like, I'll, I'll try it, so that's kind of cool that you've only ever done that. Yeah, yeah, I always dream of, though, being, like, a, like, a number nine, or, like, an 11, scoring the winning goal of a game, you know. I mean, maybe we, we saw, like, NWSL Challenge Cup final, um, Aubrey Kingsbury took a penalty, so maybe yeah. for like a winning penalty one day. No, so there's like a corner and we're going up and I'll, yeah. I'll go up for a corner, score a header. That's like my dream. <laughs> I mean, you're tall enough to do it, so I'm sure, I'm sure you'd be able to make it happen. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and so kind of obviously you played soccer growing up and then you got to college and you kind of had like a little bit of a like an untraditional college experience yeah. um so kind of what was I mean because you transferred schools and then all your other things that happened yeah. so kind of what was transferring like and then overall just what was college like for you yeah well right before I went to college is when I found out that I had ovarian cancer um when I was 17 and that like threw a threw a rock at me, man. I was like, really right now you're, this is going to yeah, happen. That's I'm like leaving. the biggest transitional phase of your life. And they're like college in a year and you're going to do this to me right now. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay now, but yeah. So that kind of threw a wrench in my overall plan. Um, I originally was going to go to Villanova to help change the program there. Um, and so right before I got over there, I had to have surgery to get my ovaries removed. And that whole process of recovering that is just insane. So that was kind of going on at my first two years at Villanova. Um, and when I was at Villanova, you know, I love the people. I love the school. Um, I just wish they invested a little bit more into their Olympic sports. You know, I think that's really important. If you want to have successful teams, you have to invest in them. Um, and I just felt like I wasn't getting what I needed. And I didn't believe that if I would have stayed there, I would be in the position I am today. So all in all, I ended up saying, you know what, I learned a lot here. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about people. I recovered from my cancer process. Now it's time to kind of move forward with my career and really see where I can take this. So I entered the transfer portal my sophomore year, um, midway through my sophomore year. And the transfer process, honestly, is so great in this 
in the NCAA. Um, I don't think enough players take advantage of it. Um, a lot of players are always kind of saying how you need to stick it out. You need to be loyal to the first school you go to. And, you know, I do agree with all of that, but at the same time, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. For sure. Um, and, and what you think is best for you at that time. So that's, that's kind of my thinking behind it. Um, I put my name in the transfer portal and, you know, you, there's settings where you can make it like, you only want these coaches contacting you, or you can be contacted by every school in the nation, you know? Oh um, yeah. Which I didn't know where I wanted to go or what yeah. I wanted to do. So I did have that setting and man, I, so that many coaches. So overwhelming. Yeah. yeah it, it really was. But at the same time, it was really exciting because at that stage in my career, I wasn't playing my best soccer. I wasn't fit. And I was, I wouldn't say I was motivated, but I, I was on the edge of, do I keep going or do I taper off? Um, and having all those coaches reach out really was so inspiring to be like, okay, Hensley, you still can do this. People still believe in you. So I ended up going to Clemson because they have one of the best goalkeeper coaches in the nation, Siri Molinex. I mean, she's developed so many amazing goalkeepers. Um, Kaylin Sheridan, for example, over in California. And she's somebody that I really look up to. Um, so I went there and it was the best decision I ever made. Um, my time at Clemson was so wonderful. Even through COVID, it was so wonderful. I grew every single day as a player and a person. The people were amazing my teammates were amazing the coaches were great don't even get me started on the facilities oh my gosh <laughs> beautiful. um so yeah that's a little bit of my process no oh, oh my gosh when I I so I watched you like a little bit like this last year mm-hmm. because finding college games very difficult it's really difficult like, yeah so difficult it's, so. it's especially if you're not in like the ACC or something because you know yeah. you have ACC network and all of that but and everything will be like oh it's like out of region I'm like I just want to watch yeah. soccer games yeah exactly I I do wish that they broadcasted women's soccer you know as much as they were broadcasting uh women's softball for example this year I think that's amazing that they get so much coverage but yeah. I do think that women's soccer should be covered a little bit more yeah especially when like during COVID, I would put on like ESPN and they were showing like cornhole. And I'm like, if you can play cornhole, you can play women's soccer. <laughs> That's going down a couple states away from me. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely watched you and I was very excited when you got drafted to Gotham. That was the best night of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of going into that, like, was there like a defining moment for you or someone who like specifically kind of encouraged you to like enter the draft? Was that always your plan or was it kind of just something that you were like, you know what? let me do it. Yeah. I actually was having this conversation yesterday with somebody about growing up. Um, kind of whenever I was like 12, 13, 14, 15, I didn't really know there was a professional women's soccer league in the United States. I thought the only way you were pro was if you were on the national team. Um, and I feel like a lot of people don't know that now it is getting better with everything. And, and the NWSL is doing a great job of trying to get you know, more fans and more coverage, but I really didn't know what I was going to do after, after college when I was that age. There's still a lot of people who don't know that the NWSL, like, oh yeah, I'll be like, oh yeah, like I'm going to a Gotham game this week. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, who? I'm like, where? Women's soccer team. Like they're really good. You should come. Arena, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's definitely getting better, but, um, I would say there was, there wasn't really a defining moment it really was when I was transferring colleges was when I was like, all right, Hensley, if you're going to pick the transfer, then you have to be all in and make this your career. And I do truly believe that I was put on this earth to play soccer. You know, everybody has their art form. Everybody loves to do something. Um, And the fact that I get to get paid to what I love to do, it's a dream come true. So there was really no defining moment, but I did have the end goal in mind. And then whenever I got to Clemson was really when that goal kind of started to set in and I started to make plans and strides towards that goal. Yeah. And I think it's so important that like people do what they love to do. Like I love talking to people on here and like hearing just how passionate they are about like their jobs, whether it's like, you know, doing interviews or writing or like playing soccer it's just so cool to hear people like genuinely enjoy what they do like that's all I want I just want to enjoy what I do and so it's so that I get to like do this um and so you just mentioned that 
you know, draft night, best night of your life, kind of what, what did it mean to get drafted? First of all, obviously like that's such like a big question and yeah. probably answered it so many times, but what was that? And like, how has your experience been with Gotham so far? How are you liking New Jersey? New yeah. York? Well, that night was just insane. I mean, the weeks leading up to draft, I mean, honestly, my last game of the season in November leading up to draft night, um, it was just a crazy couple of weeks for me bouncing between um, like training camps, pre-draft camps, you know, talking to coaches and everything and really trying to get a feel of if I could get drafted if I wasn't going to get drafted, what, what was I going to do? Because you don't have to get drafted to play in the NWSL. I think that's very important to mention. Um, there's so many different avenues of getting here, but that's how we got Jennifer Cujo on. Yeah, exactly. There's so many different avenues, but being drafted is really, really, really cool. So leading up to the night, I really try not to think about it too much, but the day of draft night woke up like sweating. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's draft day. What are you going to (laughs) wear? what are you going to do? Where, what's going on? You know, (laughs) just kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, and I was lucky enough to have my mom and, uh, her, her partner at his name is Alex. He is so wonderful. Um, and then my boyfriend was able to be there as well. Um, and my little brother, I wish he was there, but he was watching over his phone. He had a basketball tournament or something. So (laughs) I was in Clemson able to watch it with my head coach, um, in our facilities and, the first round was like three hours long. Oh my God. It was I, so long. It was so long. If you remember back, it was so long. And I'm like sitting there rocking back and forth. I have people texting me this next, this next pick is you, this next pick is you. And I'm like, I just don't talk to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Like phone on do not disturb. Like, I don't want to hear it. But at the same time I had to leave my phone on because yeah. you know, that's when they call you. So I, uh, I was just got through the first round, got through the second round. And then the third one kind of rolls around and I'm just kind of like, well, it's kind of getting to the end, you know, it's, it's, we're halfway through and we'll see what happens. So, um, I just remember sitting there and I see Scott, um, our head coach, he was FaceTiming me and I was like, what? There's no way because a little background on me and Scott, he used to live in Oklahoma where I'm from. Um, and whenever I played club, he was one of the coaches in the club. So he's seen me play since I was, since I was really young. Um, that's so awesome. And so whenever I saw his name pop up, I was like, no freaking (laughs) way. Um, and just being up here, I mean, I, I got drafted, I picked up, I think I blacked out because I was so excited I mean I don't even remember talking to him I just had tears coming down my <laughs> face it was I mean you've probably seen the videos of me yeah. like sobbing <laughs> the videos of all you guys um, getting like the FaceTime calls was so cool just to see like how excited everyone was to like the reactions I mean it's just a release you work so hard for I mean I don't want to say just one night but the honor of being drafted is is no there's no feeling like it so they picked me and, and I am so grateful for them to take a chance on me. Um, and my time here so far has been amazing. I mean, I've grown so much. I feel like off the field and on the field, I'm learning from two of the most experienced goalkeepers in this league. And I'm so grateful for that. I mean, having Ashlyn Harris tell me every single day what I need to work on is I couldn't think of anywhere better to be right now. This is really where I'm just going to get thrown in and learn as much as I can, soak as much of it up and then see what I can do with it. So um, it's been awesome. I I love the city. I love New Jersey. I love going into the city. Um, It's just (laughs) a different vibe and culture up here, especially coming from Oklahoma and South Carolina where Clemson was, you know, there's, I would say so much more variety in people up here and people are so much more accepting um and being able to be a part of kind of that kind of culture is is amazing so I love it up here so much I want this to be my home for as long as possible so we'll see what happens but I'm I'm just loving it so far yeah I think I I mean like obviously from my perspective like as a as a fan and person I was so excited when you got drafted to Gotham and like seeing you just like 
with fans after the games and everything and make it just like i'm so excited i hope you're on the team for a long time oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I can't wait to i can't wait to be at a game soon and actually like get to I know, meet you, in person to you. And yeah everything yeah i'm really excited about that we have a good little group going on with the handcuff hive i love that so much <laughs> seeing seeing that sign made my freaking year and it, it honestly gives me so much motivation to go harder on the field so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get you to a game but also. I was so bummed that I missed it because I saw that you were like, that you were going to dress for the game. And I was like, of course, this is like one of the few games I can't go to. Well, and then the one that you, you ended up going to, right? I was sick or something like yeah. that. Yeah, of course. I woke up and I was supposed to be dressed and I was so sick like for that week. So yeah, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thanks. That was crazy. I lost 16 pounds in three days. Oh my gosh. Absolutely insane. Yeah, I really I'm definitely glad you're feeling better. That's <laughs> rough. It was rough, but we're back now. So <laughs> yeah, and I'll I'll be there on I'll be there on the 19th. So oh yay, that'll be awesome. That's gonna be yeah. such a fun, fun game also for Juneteenth and everything. We're gonna have, you know, um I think GQ is coming out to take pictures of our fits and we're gonna so get a fun. ton of fans out there. Our pride game was just amazing. And I was so sad. The jerseys were so nice. Like the, the rainbow letters on the pink. Yeah. Like pink and green are like my entire brand. And so I was like, I didn't get to see the pink jerseys. I was so sad. <laughs> no, I'm sure we'll wear some sort of pink again, but I loved those jerseys. It was awesome. And just having there's a ton of people there too. And that really brings such a different vibe to our games and so much motivation. I mean, we played lights out the first half because like the crowd was so excited. Yeah. So it's really cool. That's so awesome. Like obviously you're playing at Gotham with Ashlyn, but you also trained with Orlando for a bit with yeah. her there. So how do you think that that experience like helped prepare you for this, but also like, did it kind of feel like you were coming into Gotham? Like, with a bit of a familiar, like, okay, I at least like know someone a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, whenever I was 17, I, I lived in Orlando and trained with Ash, um, and the pride. And that was so amazing for me before college, because it really gave me an idea of what the professional level is like, um, and really put in perspective, you know, how far I have to go, but how exciting it would be if I made it. Yeah. So that was awesome. Whenever I trained down there, that was kind of when Ash was in the peak of her career at Orlando and, and just seeing her at her, her top there was super inspiring and super cool. Um, and she's just somebody that I've looked up to for a long time. And so now after draft night happened, I texted her and I was like, you can't get rid of me. I'm coming back to you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, she, she, she's just been such a support so far and was really excited to get to work with me again. And I was super excited to get to work with her and you know I, I mean we've trained together before but I'm still learning things from her every day so it's really cool to be her team her actual teammate now that's so awesome that's yeah. really exciting and then um kind of like wrapping up before we get into some rapid fire questions but for any soccer players out there who do want to like maybe become a professional athlete or like want to play in college and specifically to goalkeepers, because I feel like that is such a much more difficult yeah. position just because it's like just you competing against like, there's so much more competition there, I feel like. Yeah. And so kind of what advice would you give to people? Yeah, I would say the goalkeeper position is probably, if not the hardest position to earn a starting spot at and keep a starting spot at. Um, just because like you said, it's just the one. I I mean, it's like the quarterback of the team, really. Um, and so my advice to, you know, anybody who's trying to get to college or, or already in college trying to get to pro is just realizing that everybody's process is different. <clears throat> um, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I was going to have cancer and then transfer colleges and, and I mean, even go through covid you know, you can yeah. never predict what your journey is going to be like. All you can do is focus on the moment and what you can do in that moment to get better. Um, it's not about the end goal. It's about the journey. It's about the process and the decisions that you learn to make through that process. Um, and so just staying true to yourself and, and believing in yourself, even when times are super, super hard, is so important because tough times don't last. Tough people do. So I love that. Yeah. 
I didn't, I, I stole that from somebody. I didn't just come up with that. It's so awesome. I like that a lot though. <laughs> well, okay. So we're going to do some rapid fire and I, some of them, it's okay. I'm just going to say, it's okay. If you have to think about the answer, okay. I'm not, they're like rapid fire. My mom says I always like drag them out too long, but no, I'm excited. It's, it's fine. So <laughs> who was your soccer inspiration growing up? Soccer inspiration inspiration um I mean I watch a lot of the EPL and, and men's team over there and, and De Gea has always just been one of my favorites but women I mean whenever I was younger Hope Solo was in the peak of her career and that was really cool to see um on the field on the field um off the field Jill Lloyden she's wonderful she she is such an amazing human such an amazing was such an amazing player and now such an amazing coach down at Keeper Institute and you know, everything she does, I think is just super, super cool. That's awesome. Um, do you have any pregame like superstitions or like things that you need to do? Yeah. Um, well, whenever I'm putting on my cleats and my gloves, I have to do right cleat, left cleat, right shin guard, left shin guard, right glove, okay. left glove. Um, and then before games, I like to just put music on and, and walk around the field by myself for a little bit just to kind of, you know, let the day go away and really get in the mindset of it's game time. Um, I listen to, I have to listen to Hell's Bells before games. I just be so ready every single time. Yeah. I do. I also do laundry the night before games. That's, okay. I have to do that every single time. It helps me feel like I've done something and, and accomplished something, but relaxes my mind. Okay. And gets my hands going. I don't know. It's just something I yeah, do. Yeah, you have to like fold the clothes. I get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what is like your go-to coffee or like Starbucks order? I don't know if you're, some people aren't coffee people, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge coffee person and I just kind of am becoming a new um, matcha barista. Okay. Actually, I'm drinking it right now. Um, I love matcha, but if I'm going to Starbucks, I'm either getting uh an iced caramel macchiato, simple, basic, or a um, matcha latte with oat milk and vanilla. I've never had a matcha latte. I should try it's, one. It's definitely a distinct taste. Some people don't like it. I didn't like it at first, but now I can't get enough of it. I'm not sure why. It's kind of like coffee, like black coffee. You know, at first yeah. you don't really like it. The more you drink it, the more you like it. I'm such a creature of habit that I get like the same thing every time. Like I just try oh, me too. Milk. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love chai. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now I know you're like a star Wars fan. So what oh is, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can show you something actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I got this baby. I got that probably in last October. Um, yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> so what is like your favorite Star Wars movie? I had to ask my friend for some Star Wars questions because I don't watch Star Wars, but I know you're <laughs> a big funny. Star Wars person. So I had to ask. Um, episode three by far is my favorite. Um, I think Anakin and Padme's love story is, is so beautiful and, and so horrific at the end. Um, I think Anakin is, is such a, a character that a lot of people could relate to at that time. Um, and I just, I love it so much. Episode three, for sure. I think you're going to convince me to like watch Star Wars. I think, I think you have to. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess I have to now. I'll put it on my to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite pair of sneakers that you own? I know that you have like big shoe collection. Yeah, man, that's such a hard question. I love all of, they're like my kids. I love all of them. <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. I did just wear um, my pride ones. These are pretty. These are one Those of Those are really cute. I loved these. These were awesome. Um, I love the 11s. I have some Oreos. Um, I would say my favorite right now, though, is probably my shattered backboard uh, low ones. Yeah. I, I did the laces on them to where one is white, one is black. Ooh. Yeah. Those are, that's cute. Do you have like a must-have travel snack, like airplane, bus, anything that you need to have? I have to get a bas 
Scotty cookie on the plane. Okay. Those are so good. I don't know why. They're just always like my go-to thing in a ginger ale, a ginger ale and a biscotti cookie. Okay. You know what? That, that's solid. Yeah. I like, I like had to have pretzels on the plane. Pretzels yeah. Are pretzels, like my... Those pretzels are pretty good. Yeah. Okay. What has been your favorite pregame fit that you've worn so far this season? Hmm. Sorry. That might be a difficult one too. You have no, really it's okay. Um, probably my little brother's jersey. That, that was, was a lot cute. of fun. It was just simple. <laughs> yeah. He, he was able to send it to me, um, just for one game and I dressed it up a little bit. So that was fun. My, has, have they been able to like come, has your family been able to like come to a game so far? Yeah. My mom and, um, her partner Alex were able to come up a couple of weeks ago, which was really, really, really cool. But my little brother hasn't been able to yet. Hopefully they will, at, um, at the kind of middle of this summer. So that'll be cool. I know. And then what team are you most excited to play against this season? <sighs> Honestly, Kansas, because I'm kind of from that area and we're going there this weekend. Um, and if I end up traveling, I have a lot of family and friends that are in that area. So that'd be really, really cool. Even if I, do, I like don't travel, it'll be cool. They're still going to go to the game and support my team and everything. So I'm really excited to play them. And honestly, Portland too, just being in that atmosphere is, is so sure. amazing, especially since they've been such a powerhouse the past couple of years. I'm excited to play them. Yeah, I'm actually, so the Portland game, like the at home is like your guys' last game of the season. Yeah. Like home and I'm coming home from school for the game. <laughs> it's like my birthday weekend. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to force my big from my sorority to like drive home with me. We'll make it like a trip. Yeah. I'm like, I can't miss the last Gotham game of the season. So we're, we're going to put on a show for you for your birthday. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. It was so great to talk to you. And I had a really like, I don't know, this was just so awesome. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks for having me on. And I really look forward to seeing you in the stands. Yes, I will be there as many times this summer as I can. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Hensley. She is genuinely one of the sweetest, like, humans I have talked to and was just so chill and I had a really great time talking to her. So I hope you liked it as much as I like talking to her. With that being said, we are going to get into the NWSL and U.S. Women's National Team roster drop. So I'm going to go over the games for the weekend and kind of what the final scoreline was, some of the big things that happened in the league, and then I will talk a little bit about the roster drop because, you know, it feels like my job. So um, the, the weekend started off with Washington Spirit, North Carolina, that game was very, very close, and I feel for the Spirit. I really, really do. Um, they, You can tell that they put their heart and their soul into every single game every time they step out onto the field, and I just think that the way their schedule has lined up it has not been in their favor in the slightest, and anyone can admit that. They have played basically half of their season in, like, a quarter of the season, and that's just... As a league that is not, like, something you should be doing to your players, um, and then, like, as players, they don't even have time to, you know, recover and have full trainings. I remember, um, like, their head coach, Chris Ward, he said at one point that the team hadn't had a full practice together just because their game ends, they travel, they get adjusted, like, just because of the way their schedule was. So, when looking at this game... You know, they had a rough start, um, goal, six minute, and then again, that the first half was kind of uneventful, honestly, like not a ton happened, and then start of the second half, Abby Arceg scores a goal, assisted by Carson Pickett, 50th minute, and then, you know, some changes are made, whatever, whatever. When it got to, like, the 70th minute, things kind of started to get a little bit more choppy, um, but Ashley Sanchez scored a goal, and then Ashley Hatch scored a penalty, and so they were able to tie it 2-2. Spirit were kind of just, like, hanging on for dear life, ho hoping that they could keep that and hold that out. Um, there were some yellow cards given out, end of the match, and then in stoppage time, 90 plus 2, uh, Kaylee Kurtz scored, and so 
for North Carolina, and so they won three to two. But honestly, Washington had a great game. You know, they had if you look at at if you look at it statistically, nineteen shots, seven on goal, like you know, lots of corners, completed crosses, passing accuracy was like solid. They they were I just I think that they had a good game. Um but it just did not click in their favor. Um one of the biggest critiques I have is Emily Sonnet. Um we saw this earlier in the season, but the goal the first goal that was scored on North Carolina was the spirit having or that was scored on the spirit. The spirit was pushing back, but like not fast enough. And Emily Sonnet wasn't in position and they were just able to like get around her. And obviously there are a lot of factors that happen. And I mean, Mandy Freeman said this after the Gotham game that like, you know, when you're in that moment, things go a lot faster than us who are watching. Like we can see the full picture. When you're in that moment, you can't see that full picture. You just see like, this is what I know I have to do. And this is what I'm looking at. But there have been a few times this season where the same similar lead-up play has happened and Emily Sonnet has reacted the same way and so I just think that like I think that she is great for the spirit honestly I think that she is really really solid for the spirit and like is a reliable player but I do think that there are moments where similar things happen and they're continuously happening for her specifically and so maybe that could be something to look at and then so that that happened that game happened and then there was Kansas City oh my god there were so many games this weekend guys Louisville Angel City um this game ended three to two Angel City won (sighs) guys it was not a good time (laughs) um it was it was a very very choppy match um like overall there were seven yellow cards um lots of fouls and so Louisville opened up the scoring 29th minute it was a it was honestly a really nice goal and then Kristen Press scores and again very nice goal from Kristen Press and then second half starts uh Savannah McCaskill scores Kristen Press assist she had such a good game and so to know what happened next in this match is just really really sad um Kristen Press gets subbed off after a tackle and it has since been reported that she has torn her ACL so I mean I know everyone on Twitter and Woso World but from me directly I am just sending her all the love and support, and I hope that she has a quick and easy recovery, um, because she really was, I mean, she's playing home. She is playing some of her best soccer, and it's just really, really unfortunate that that had to happen to her, and so she she got fouled. She got taken down, and then there was a foul on Louisville, um... And then Louisville got a penalty out of that, and they scored, so then the match was tied. Um, but And there was a lot of stoppage time at the end of the match. I think that there were 10 minutes of stoppage time, because when Kristen went down, she was kind of down for a while. Louisville got really, really choppy. Um, three yellow cards. But then Angel City got their own penalty, and the third minute of stoppage time, which Savannah McCaskill scored, and they were able to go home with the win. And so... Obviously, not the outcome that they wanted player-wise. Um, very unfortunate that they are going to lose Kristen Press for the rest of the season because it kind of feels like their whole game plan has been like, how can we get everyone to get the ball to Kristen? And so it's going to be interesting to see how Freya kind of shifts that mindset. From watching Angel City so far, it has very much seemed like here's our main player and then everybody else is helping. And... Obviously, some people might disagree with this, but it doesn't feel like it. It's not like it doesn't feel like a full team effort because everybody always feels like they're giving one hundred percent. But it feels like from a tactical perspective, their game plan isn't full team. It is get the ball to Kristen, or like how can we 
work around Kristen. And I think, like, yeah, that's great that you can acknowledge that Kristen Press is an incredible player. But also, like, rotate your players and, you know, maybe don't make her the only person who you kind of rely on for certain things. I mean, we saw it with Freya at Gotham and now again at Angel City. She subs really late and I think that the lack of rotation playing the same starting lineup every time. Obviously, you have your key starters, but, you know, not subbing until like the 80th minute every game, but playing the same exact players all the time. So many players are doing full 90s and like, obviously, that's what they all want to do. But at the same time, it's, like, really damaging because you're only a certain amount of games into the season and you have, like, all of these players who are consistently playing every minute and you need to, like, make sure that you are taking care of your players properly or else things like this and injuries could happen. Maybe that plays a factor into it sometimes. And so I think this is just, like, for every NWSL team, but I think that rotation is so important. Coaches are always, like, you know, I'm putting the players first. I want what's best for the players. And then not rotating or, like, subbing correctly. And I'm not going to tell you who to sub on. I just think that you should, like, you know, sub earlier. Like, if you see a player going down a bunch of times or, like, starting to slow down a little bit, maybe that's time. Like, and... You know, this is coming from, like, a perspective of someone who has never been in that position as a player on the field or, you know, as someone making the decision. So maybe these things are talked about beforehand. I just think, I don't know, seeing certain players have to play entire matches all the time and you can see them, like, losing momentum as the games go on, I just get worried about, like, the health of the players, especially with the way the NWSL season is set up, like you have the challenge cup and then this and then there's not many breaks and then the season is like over almost a month earlier than it was last year and it's just I don't know I just get really worried about the players I think not I think um I know Maggie tweeted on women's sports exchange that so far this season there have been six ACLs injuries and you know season only started beginning last month so we're a month and a half into the season and there have been seven ACL injuries, and that's not even including the other, like, knee and hamstring and, like, injuries that have happened, and so I just think that, like, player safety and protection should be the number one thing at the end of the day, and so that was kind of a long tangent, um, but yeah, Angel City came away with the win, and that was what I was getting at at the end of the day, um, and then Kansas City, Gotham played, um, Gotham lost 1-0. Good job, Kansas City, for winning. I guess. <laughs> um, no, I was... I It was... A, it was honestly... It was coming for one of the teams, but I thought it was going to come for Gotham. Um, I think... One of the biggest strong points for this match and for Gotham specifically I think was Taryn Torres Gotham has kind of been fumbling to figure out their midfield without Ali Long and I think that Taryn Torres I mean Scott Parkinson has said that he sees similarities in the way that they play and so I think watching her play is you know very similar to Ali Long just in the position she holds first of all but also the way that she commands her role. Um, but she got a yellow card in the 53rd minute, and then she got subbed off a little bit after that. And I think it was just, you know, to make sure she didn't get that second yellow because the game was getting a little bit more choppy with the teams trying to score a goal. Um, but it was nice to see Kim Tucker get some minutes. I think that, you know, with the roster we're going to get into for the national team camps, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But Mitch Purse got called up, and so she's going to be gone, and you have to find someone who fits this role. And obviously, Midge and Cam play differently and don't play the same role. I think if you're going to compare Cam to anyone on Gotham, she kind of plays more similarly to Paige. But knowing that you have this young forward who is getting minutes and getting that experience, I think the more she plays, the more comfortable she'll get and the more, like, you know, beneficial she'll be to the team. And so I'm excited to see her get some more minutes. And so for her to sub on for Taryn Torres, it made sense. I was a little bit confused at first because it kind of shifted the position of where they are because Torres is a midfielder and Cam 
plays forward, but I think they just kind of pushed Christy back, put Cam forward, and it was nice to see her get some time. And then the only goal of game came in the 84th minute. Um, Kristen Hamilton scored, and she has been amazing this season. I think Kristen Hamilton is one of those players who is so underrated. She is so consistently, like, on, you know, the top 10 goal scorers, assists, like, this and that. Just doesn't get the, like, the respect that she deserves for how good she is. And so I'm really excited that Kristen is playing in Kansas City. She seems to be doing really, really well there and, you know, getting a lot of time. So she scored the goal assisted by Izzy Rodriguez. Shout out to Izzy, an Ohio State alum. So I love to see Buckeyes in the league. And that was very exciting. Um, When she subbed on, I was like, I think my tweet was, oh, yay, Izzy. And then I was like, and then she scored literally, like, assisted the goal two minutes later. And I was like... Well, never mind. Um, and then Gotham got Gotham got a lot of good chances, honestly. During the match, we got 16 shots. Four were on goal, um, but there were, like, there were several that, like, just missed the post. They're, like, we're so close. And I really thought that they were going to be able to get one, like, get a goal. And there was a really, really good opportunity from Midge Purse, and there was a really good one from Paige, and... We just, for we weren't able to hit the back of the net. And I think that that is something that we've kind of seen with Gotham all season. It's just, there are the chances and they are looking good and they're getting into form. But there's just that little piece that's like missing and they just need to figure out how to make that click. And so, hopefully they can find their rhythm more and more. Especially because this next weekend, so this upcoming Sunday, they will be playing San Diego. Who... If anybody remembers, they lost to, in the opening game, very bad. Not a great game. And so, you know, obviously some work to do there. I think another standout player for Kansas City was Victoria Pickett. Um, I think that she is really good. And, you know, I think that, again, underrated players. I feel like a lot of people, unless you, like, there's a lot of players in the league. This, the NWSL is so talented. There are so many good players. But... I feel like for so many people, if they're not on the national team level, they're not, like, that big name. They're not getting the attention and respect that, like, you know, they should. And I think Victoria Pickett is one of those players who is really, really good. And I'm excited to see her, like, get more into it and grow more. And then Elise Bennett is a rookie who I am very excited to see play more. Um, Honestly, Kansas City has such a likable team. Like, there's... It's, they're, they're just a good group of people. Um, and then San Diego Rain ended up being tied 1-1. And honestly, like, this was a solid match. Um, San Diego... <laughs> San Diego's first goal came in the eighth minute. Well, their only goal. They only scored one. Alex Morgan goal scored. Alex Morgan has been on fire this season. I think that that was, like, her, like, ninth goal, maybe? Um, I would have to tell you exactly the number for that. But, again, really, she's been really great this season. But the assist came from Kaylin Sheridan. And so, one thing I love about Kaylin Sheridan is how she's able to get the ball up the field from the box. And, I mean, you saw it here. She was able to just get it so far down the field that it perfectly fell to Alex Morgan, who was able to beat out the defenders. And it was just such a well-played goal that, like, I think even if you're not an Alex Morgan fan or a San Diego fan, you can appreciate the goal and Kaylin Sheridan because it was really, really amazing. And then, um, 38th minute, Rain gets their goal, Jess Fishlock scored, assists Roosevelt. And all I can say is it is so exciting to see a healthy Roosevelt consistently playing and getting minutes because, and same with Mal Pugh, which we'll, when we talk about Chicago, we'll talk a little bit about her. But the two of them have just been, like, sidelined by so many injuries, especially when they were at the Washington Spirit. It was, like, every other game they're out, they're injured, this and that, out from the national team, back at the team. And so to see players who, you know, were struggling with injury find themselves again, not being injured, getting back into form, it's really exciting to see. And Rose has been awesome this season. And... So I was very exciting, excited to see that. Honestly, the rest of the match was like, there were some attempts, um, some free kicks for both teams, but nothing ended up, you know, being converted to a goal. And so 
final score was 1-1 um, on the another tie on the road for the rain. And then they will move on to their next match, which I think that they are playing um, Angel City next week. So that'll be a nice matchup to see how that goes. And then Chicago and Orlando played and... Chicago came away with the win, 1-0. Again, not, like, super eventful game. Mal Pugh scored in the 10th minute, um, assisted by by Bianca St. George's, which is very exciting to see her back because, again, she she played with Canada, got injured, like, her first call-up, or she got injured, like, first game with Chicago or something like that, and then she got back, and then she was getting, like, a lot of card accumulation and she just like wasn't playing and so to see her playing again and getting back in form is really exciting um and just getting those minutes that I think every player wants um and obviously again Mal Pugh has been on fire and another shout out for um Chicago I think Tata Malazzo is so good and she is honestly I mean she is relatively newer and I think that she's one of those defenders that people are kind of, like, overlooking because everyone's like, oh, like, I miss Tier and I miss Casey for Chicago. But I think Tatum is doing a really, really solid job. And I don't know. I'm very excited to see her continue to grow with Chicago. And for Orlando, um, I don't know. I think that... I think that after what happened with their whole coaching thing this week... Um, so for those of you who missed it, Amanda Cromwell, um, who is Orlando's coach and she was former coach of UCLA women's soccer, got put on administrative leave along with Seb Hines, who's the assistant coach. Um, it didn't really say much about why or what the reasoning was besides just, you know, players felt uncomfortable, stuff like that. Um, so there's an ongoing investigation, and so their goalkeeping coach was actually the head coach for this match, and so I think that just when you factor in everything that went on, them coming out with a 1-0 win against a team like Chicago who has been able to score a lot, I think it was a really solid performance. And then the final game of the weekend um, was very unfortunate, honestly. So Houston Dash... Portland Thorns in Houston celebrating the Dash's Pride Night. It <laughs> was a 4-0 win for Portland. Um, it just, it was not a great game for the Dash. Um, in literally first minute of the game, Katie Naughton scores an own goal. And I think that once something like that happens, especially so early in the game, you get in your head a little bit. And so to have someone who is supposed to be like this solid player in the back line getting in their head obviously you never want that um and so I think that it kind of it kind of broke their like back line barrier right away and so um Sophia Smith earned a penalty in the 23rd minute scored that I think that that was a bit that I remember seeing on Twitter that was a bit of a questionable call um, some people didn't agree with it. Some people did. I think that, I don't know. I I'm I love Sophia Smith, so I'm very happy when she scored. But I think that there is, we're, you guys are probably so tired of hearing about the refing and all this stuff in the league. But honestly, like, there's just such a big inconsistency in the refing. And so, like, sometimes that will be a penalty and other times it won't be. And it's like we need to just figure out what the standard is because it's really, really frustrating for me as a fan, but also for players to be like, well, in this game, you, where I, you know, got slide tackled and was like injured, you didn't call a penalty, but like this one where like a feather brushed someone, it's a penalty. And so I think that the inconsistencies in the roughing is a big issue. And um, I remember Alex Morgan said it after the San Diego game, she was like, it didn't feel like the refs were on our side. Like, not on, like, San Diego's side, but, like, on the side of players, like, protecting them. She was, like, didn't feel like they were doing what they could to make sure that we were protected in a game that was getting a little bit messy. And this has been, like, a common sentiment, like, throughout the season. And so hopefully um, that gets more looked at and changed because 
it's really, really difficult to watch players, like, get hurt and the refs not call things that are blatant fouls. And then as the game went on, um, you know, I think whenever these two teams play, they're both very passionate teams. And so it does get a little bit choppy and there were some yellow cards. Um, but then Olivia Moultrie, who, if nobody even remembers who she is, 16-year-old, signed with Portland last, last season, um whole controversy because she like sued the league and there was like a whole thing but she's played minutes for them she's good um she scored her first goal for the thorns and in the nwsl which made her the youngest goal scorer in the nwsl and that goal was assisted by sophia smith who is also having a really great season honestly right now like sophia smith mal Pugh, and alex morgan are like kind of bouncing around for who's getting the most goals um and then 82nd minute, so about eight minutes later, Smith and Moultrie switched spots, and so Smith scored and Moultrie assisted, and that was kind of how the rest of the game played out, but Portland definitely outplayed Houston. Um, They had 20 shots to Houston's eight, and I know that stats don't tell everything, but when you do look at the stats for like a quick like, oh, what happened? They definitely outplayed them, and I think that it just wasn't a good night for Houston, and hopefully they can bounce back because they've that was their longest unbeaten streak, and they all honestly were having a great opening start to their season. And so this was obviously a very disappointing loss, especially being home, but I'm sure that they will bounce back. And this next weekend of games will be very exciting to see because, honestly, you never know what's going to happen in the NWSL. Like, I mean, Houston just beat, what's it called, um, Orlando, like 5-0 or something like that. Maybe I'm making that up. No, they Houston beat Orlando 5-0, and now here they are losing 4-0. So it's like there's just you never know what's going to happen in the NWSL. And now we're going into this next week of games before two weeks of games before international break. And there's just going to be a lot of players like called up missing. Who So they're going to be called up. They're going to be missing. There's going to be injuries. It's going to be a lot. And so... I'm just hoping that players all stay safe and healthy and persevere and, you know. I realized I said I was going to talk about the roster, so I'm just going to quickly give you the rundown of the roster. And then I think we'll get more into the thick of it next week because this, I don't want this episode to be too long. I don't want, I know that you guys get like, I don't know, I feel like it gets tiring when it's too long of an episode, so... The roster for this upcoming camp is 23 players for... Okay, so here's how this is working. There is friendlies against Columbia in June. But then this roster that was announced is also the roster for CONCACAF women's qualifying for the World Cup and the Olympics, which is in July. And so there's 26 players for June, but there's 23 for July. And so there's three players who were named for, like, the training roster and will only be there in June. And so the roster is goalkeepers Aubrey Kingsbury, Casey Murphy, and Alyssa Nair. So obviously you have the experience with Alyssa Nair. Aubrey Kingsbury has been called up a ton and same recently. And Casey Murphy was kind of sidelined with injuries. So seeing her get the call up was really nice. And I think that it'll be exciting to see her maybe get a chance to get another cap or something like that. Um, I know a lot of people were hoping to see, you know, A.D. French or Bella Bixby called back up. I know I saw a few people talk about Fallon Toulis-Joyce. And I think right now that the, the NWSL goalkeeping pool is just so deep. Like, there are so many good goalkeepers, which you can clearly see. And so I think that this honestly might be one of the hardest roles. And so, I mean, even Hensley earlier on this episode was talking about how, you know, you're competing for, like, that one spot and... It definitely is a really difficult position to play. And so I think that these are three solid keepers and it was a solid choice to call them up. And then defenders, you have Alana Cook, Emily Fox, Naomi Gurma, Sophia Huerta, Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrunn, Emily Sonnet. So Becky Sauerbrunn is back after, you know, being injured this year. Um, And so that'll be really exciting to see her back in the mix. She just recently started playing with Portland again. And so to get her some minutes back with the national team. And um, I'm very excited about Emily Fox and Naomi Gurma. I think Emily Fox has been a big shock. Um, I know a lot of people 
we're kind of like iffy on her when she got drafted but i think that she is so good and she like creates chances and presses high and so seeing her there is good naomi grandma i'm just excited she's gonna get you know another chance um I mean, she made her first cap last camp, and so seeing her be able to play again is very excited. Sophia Huerta getting consistent call-ups again makes me so happy, and I cannot wait for Tierna Davidson to be back with Alana Cook. I love that center-back pairing, and, you know, we're missing Tierna and Abby. Um, Crystal Dunn just had her baby, and so she's out for a little bit longer, and then, you know, Casey Kruger is still pregnant, so there are a lot of defenders who are missing, and so it'll be interesting to see how that gets brought back into the fold when they are back. And then midfielders, Lindsay Horan, Taylor Korniak, Rose Lavelle, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, Andy Sullivan. None of these are really shocking except Taylor Korniak. That one was a big shock. Um, she made the preliminary list, but I kind of didn't expect her to see, like, to see her on this roster. I was expecting to see Jalen Howell, um, but I think Korniak has been really good for San Diego, and it'll be interesting to see how she plays here. Her and Lindsay Horan have very similar playing styles, and so it'll be interesting to see, like, how that battle works. Um, and then seeing Andy Sullivan get called up, I love Andy, but she's been sidelined with injury for a while, and so that one was a little bit shocking to me. Just because with the spirit schedule and her not being, like, her not playing much, I feel like it would have been smart to maybe bring in Jalen Howell and have Andy as, like, a training player or something like that so that she could rest and recover or, you know, maybe they want her there for the leadership aspect, which makes sense. But that, besides that, the midfield is, like, pretty standard. Um, and then forwards, Ashley Hatch, Alex Morgan, Mallory Pugh, Midge Purse, Megan Rapino, Trinity Rodman, and Sophia Smith. So Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino are back after missing, you know, most of the year so far. Um, Alex Morgan did not shock me. She has had an incredible season so far. Megan Rapino did shock me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Some people have explained, you know, she's been great as a super sub with Rain, and I think that her, she has good leadership capabilities, but, um, I mean, which people have seen, and she is, like, a, like a well-known face and voice, um, but that one, I think, threw me for a bit. I would have liked to see someone like Sydney LaRue get the call or, you know, Bethany Balser. I don't think that they replace who Megan Rapino is and what she did for the team, but I think it's just time to kind of, like, I guess not phase her out, but, like, I just think that there are other players who I would have liked to see get this opportunity. Um, and then, again, besides that, this front line is kind of what we've been seeing the last couple camps. Um, I am interested to see how Trinity Rodman stacks up um, during this camp just because... She's has three she has three caps. She scored a goal, but I feel like on the on the national team she hasn't been playing like she does with the spirit. And so I just hope that she can find her groove there because I really do want to see her succeed on the national team, but I just feel like she hasn't quite found her groove there and obviously she's only been to a few camps, only has three camp, caps. And so there's time for that, but I'm hoping to see some of that this match I mean this like camp and all that kind of stuff and then the players for the June friendly Carson Pickett guys I'm so excited about Carson um Carson Pickett is the first player who has been called up that has a limb difference um in the history of like the national team and so for anyone who does not know Carson Pickett I advise you to look up the iconic um gif video of her where she got called for a handball and she waves her arm and goes I don't have one and I just think that this is all that you need to know about Carson Pickett but she is really good she has incredible crosses and is a really really solid defender and so I'm very excited that she is getting this opportunity and I hope that she plays and I can't wait to see how she plays and then um Sam Coffey also got the call up from the Portland Thorns I think that she is a serious contender for Rookie of the Year, her and Naomi Gurma. Um, they're both really solid standout, and I think that Sam Coffey will be an interesting mix to see in this midfield. And then Jalen Howell is the third player for the June Friendlies as a training player, which is why I was shocked. Um, I kind of thought she'd be on the main roster, and I'm not I'm not mad about Taylor Korniak being called up. I think it's great for her, but I do think that, like, if I saw those two names, I would have been like, okay, yeah, Howell's definitely on the main roster. Korniak's on the training. 
But I think that it'll be interesting to see how she works at those June friendlies and what she can do to make sure that she is a potential to make the World Cup roster next year. And so that is all of that. Obviously, you're missing notable names like Kristen Press, ACL injury, Tobin Heath injured, Sam Mewis. There's a list, a whole list of players. And so you're missing some big names, but I think this is a really solid roster and I'm excited to see how they stack up at the friendlies and then of course how they qual if they qualify for the world cup and the olympics so that is all from me <laughs> on that front so thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of mickey mics up if you have hung around until now thank you it is this was a long one so i'm very sorry but i hope you enjoyed my conversation with hensley my attempt to recap the games because if i am being honest i did only watch like two of them I was busy. Um, I Next episode, I have another really awesome interview with a soccer coach. And I am going to give you guys a little bit of a life update. And I am definitely going to go more in depth about a game. I promise I will give you my full analysis. Take detailed notes as I watch the whole thing. Um, but yeah, that is all for me. I hope you like this episode. As always, make sure to follow me on the socials, Twitter, Mickey underscore Alfano, my, on Instagram, Mickey.Alfano, and Mickey Mike's Up. And also make sure to follow Women's Sports Exchange on Twitter, WSportsXChange, and then on Instagram, WSXChange. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week, and I will see you next week.